0: This is 69 The Podcast, I'm Dave Haynes. 69 has been covering the digital signage industry since the dawn of man, first online and now as a podcast. The goal on here is to make listeners aware of interesting companies, smart people and new technology developments, all of them meaningful in making digital signage projects happen. I try to help listeners understand sometimes complicated subjects and why they should care. The podcasts are free and I try to get a new one out weekly, but things happen now and then. The 69 podcast has been gratefully sponsored and supported since the start by Jeremy Gavin and the fine folks at ScreenFeed, the digital signage content store. ScreenFeed makes beautiful looking, totally automated content for signage and digital out-of-home networks. Check them out at ScreenFeed.com. 69 has been around since 2006, and the publication and podcast are now owned by Spectrio, which provides customer engagement solutions for business. You can find them at Spectrio.com. Media View Systems has the somewhat unique experience of being a PC manufacturer that started in digital signage versus any number of companies that had personal or industrial computers with the dimensions, specs and pricing that met the industry's needs and desires at that time. One hell of a lot has changed in the intervening 15 years and the Boston-based company has shifted with them. Eric DeGiorgi co-founded the business with his dad, Dave. He's now its president and focused on what he says is a major evolution of the company and the brand. His goal is changing industry perceptions about what MediaView does, to a point that he now talks about the company more as a software shop than a hardware manufacturer. That's because MediaView has been steadily developing software tools, most notably for configuration, deployment, remote device management, and security. The IT people they work with think much more about uptime and efficient management than they do about the size of the box or in particular, the price. I had a great chat with Eric about the roots of his company and where PC hardware and software sit in an industry landscape that now also has options for low cost smart displays and single purpose media players. Eric, thank you for joining me. Can you give me the rundown on MediaView systems?
1: Yeah, sure. Dave, first, uh, foremost, thanks for having me on. And, uh, also thanks for the invite uh, next month. Looking forward to seeing you and everybody else at the mixer. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice to get, <laughs> nice to get back to, nice to get back to reality there. Huh? No kidding. Um, but, uh, yeah, sure. I'll give you a snapshot. Um, it's, uh, we've been around for it's about 16 years at this point. So MediaView uh, was founded in 2007. Um, the initial uh, product we brought to market was now what's called a media player. So, you know, we started designing and building, you know, bespoke hardware for the industry. Um, and, uh, back, you know, back before there was really a name for it. Um, and, uh, so we brought to market our first hardware device, um, back, I believe it was probably 2008 when we went to market. And um, you know, the company's evolved quite a bit over the past 15 years. Um, we initially uh, went to market through um, our channel relationships with uh, CMS partners. So, you know, back in the day, we were a heavy Scala house. You know, obviously, long before the StrataCache acquisition and everything. But um, we partnered with CMSs. Um, we started to develop operating systems. Um, include that on our devices, embed uh, CMS and and try to make it as turnkey as possible. Um, We then evolved. um, So, you know, the the evolution of the company is really centered around um, kind of product innovations and a response to needs in the market. So again, at the very beginning, it was, let's build a device that can go and be turned on 24-7, play videos and not break uh, Uh as as they all were. then it was, okay, well, we kind of fixed that. Um, then how do we create a more turnkey? Because all the problems we were encountering were the integration, putting the software on the hardware. Um, then once once we resolved that, um, it became an issue of scalability. So, the I mean, if you remember back, you know, 10, 15 years ago, <laughs> we these large-scale networks would be deployed, but there'd be no network management that people would transition there'd be no way to know what was in the field there'd be no way to 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 cope with problems when they would arise it was just really kind of an operational nightmare for for you know the system integrators and and certainly the end customers that were trying to to scale these networks um so we responded to that and built built out a a robust network management platform um so that really was the kind of pivot point where we move from being really a hardware company to a software company. Um, So today, you know, fast forward, what we deliver is really kind of a turnkey operating platform. So it's a combination of hardware, it's a combination of our software management tools, uh, support that goes along with that. Um, It's the integration of CMS software, um, it's the integrate, you know, audience analytics, what kind of whatever you need um, to design and deploy and manage um, signage networks in an array of markets. Um, We now uh, have a a fairly robust platform um, that supports that at scale. That's
0: interesting that you describe yourself as a software company. I would think (laughs) most people who know MediaView would think, well, they're, they're a hardware company. They make small form factor
1: right pcs for signage and 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 i may be getting ahead of myself um uh, because we <laughs> <laughs> as i do um but we are actually poised uh to go we're, we're actually undergoing an extensive top to bottom rebrand of the company right now and teaser come come january the, the look and feel of media View is going to be quite different
0: okay start The company with digital signage in mind, or were you doing industrial computing and kind of found your way into it? No, it was actually so. David, our
1: CEO, uh, was previously his previous company was actually in display repair. So, this was back in the uh, the 90s and the early 2000s when people used to fix things, um, and he was repairing. Um, CRTs um, and was doing that for all the major brands. He had service contracts with, you know, Dell and ViewSonic and Mitsubishi. If you bought a PC at Circuit City, you know, the service contract would go to him. So he was doing large scale um, monitor repair. And by virtue of that, um, he got he was pulled into the digital signage industry because early projects, you know, this is 20 years ago. Um, he, he had the service contract for the display and, you know, this is back in the day of putting a, hanging a Dell Optiplex on, uh, on the back of a screen and yeah. in, in a large harness <laughs> and, uh, you know, those things were failing left and right. Um, and, you know, by virtue of having the contract for the display, he was, they asked him if they could fix those. And so he got into that business and then. Kind of looked at that and said, "You know, is there a way to kind of build a better mousetrap here?" Um, and that was kind of the origin story. Uh, MediaView was started, um, went to work he and I on designing um, what became our first media player. But it was very much in response, you know, having the uh, the exposure to early deployments, seeing the catastrophic failure rates, and then coming up with a solution. And Dave DeGeorge is your dad, right? Yeah, we do. You will see a common last name there. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he and I uh, sat down and started Media View again back in about 2007. Right. Is he still involved? He is still involved. Yep, he's still okay. involved. Um, you know, I think like I've read some of your re- recent postings and things, you know, there's, there comes a time in life where you kind of, maybe step back from some things and focus on some other things. And, uh, you know, Dave will never slow down. Don't let me mischaracterize that.
0: Yeah, he's a bit of a live wire from what I remember of
1: meeting him. Yeah, he's uh, he's 110 percent at all times. Um, (laughs) But but uh, yeah, you know, it's we 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 certainly work in tandem um, and, and have since the outset. And, and you're in the Boston area, right? Yep. Yep. Our, uh, our HQ is just south of Boston um, mm-hmm. and, uh, we've got, uh, and we've got an international presence. We've got sales teams at, at an MEA and spread across uh, certainly here uh, domestically. So but we and, and one of the things that I think is unique going back to kind of our roots as a in hardware, we still um, our assembly line is in Boston. So we, oh, okay. um, so we since, since day one and continuing today, you know, we still, while we do, I think the majority of what we do is really in the kind of management tool set and all of the software stack and the integration and everything that we do at that level, um, we still uh, design and assemble hardware. And we do, that, um, we do that in the back half of our headquarters and we've got our assembly
0: floor um, right there uh, along with the, the, you know, the, the front of the house. And how does that resonate with resellers and end users? Is that important to them that it's that it's domestically made? Yeah. You know, I think
1: I, you know, I don't know if it's kind of like, hey, there's a Made in USA badge on it and that's important to me. Um, I think where the value is, um, it comes from having control over that process. So yeah. our, our assembly line is very um, adaptable um, so we can Very uh, quickly respond to the needs of of customer. So if they, you know, whether that's a hardware configuration, whether that's a a, a setup and an integration with different software, um, you know, we can we can do all of that and make very quick adjustments um, to our assembly line to accommodate the customer. And I think I think that's where the value is.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there are people who do want to buy based on made in USA, but I, I tend to think there's probably a lot more who are buying for other reasons and want or like the idea that there's support that isn't 12 hours away and in Mandarin.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, a- absolutely. And that's all, all of our, the, the full experience that you get um, with MediaView is is based domestically. Um, mm-hmm. So everything from, you know, the, 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 the account rep obviously is regional, but, you know, you get attached with a, a, a sales engineer, you know, in CSE at the beginning, that's a person that's domestically based. That mm-hmm. individual works with you through pre-sale. When it converts to a sale, that person ma- maintains the attachment to that account. So you know you have you have a, a, a very um, there's continuity there throughout the lifetime of the deployment, um, and that's mm-hmm. you know that's how we that's how we differentiate, right? You know our origins are certainly in hardware. We're, we're doing a lot more now, um, but the only way I mean we're never going to be able to compete on cost with some of our uh, you know OEM competitors out yeah. of Asia. There's just there's just absolutely no way. So we have to create. Um, we have to create a lot of value add. We have to create a lot of. You know, it's it's an experience working with us. It's it's the whole the the whole lifetime of the the engagement and the deployment. It's very hands on, and that's that's how we've been able to differentiate.
0: Mm-hmm. You you describe the old days of Dell Optiplexes hanging off the back of monitors, and back in. Two thousand and seven. That timing. It was a big deal to come up with a small form factor PC. That doesn't really matter anymore, does it? Because everybody's kind of like that. You know, the playing field
1: has kind of leveled. You know, uh, certainly on the hardware side. It's but it's it's in form factor. It's in computing power. I mean, you know. the, the the value proposition back then was, you know, h- how many bits and bytes can I put in the smallest form factor and, you know, run my 720p video and, and you know, do that successfully? Um, and, and, you know, the, the playing field is kind of flattened there. It's, it's not as competitive mm-hmm. as it was, you know, the com- computing's kind of caught up. I mean, I always get a kick out of, you know, how many pixels can you actually put on a display before you have to be three inches away from it before you can tell, you know, so it's it's kind of like mm-hmm. hardware is kind of caught up, I think, to the industry need, um, if that makes sense. So now it really becomes about uh, the value is around integration. You know, how do you how do you successfully roll out a deployment? How do you have that go as seamless as possible, both in the install and in the ongoing management and maintenance of that network? Because we all know the, the greatest cost to doing that is getting people in the field, turning wrenches and screwdrivers. Um, it's mm-hmm. just so the more you can minimize that, ease that burden for the for the integration partners, um, certainly that uh, that brings value to them as they're reselling things in managed services contract. It brings value to the end customer because the you know the cost of operating the network in total is far less. Um, so so really kind of honing in on the stability, the reliability, the scalability of these networks is I think kind of more of our present challenge rather than you know pa- packing pixels on screens and and having you know more gigabytes of processing power.
0: I'm gonna guess that resellers and integrators understand that a lot more than end users
1: well it's certainly a learning curve
0: right i mean uh, well the the ones that have
1: been through it and felt the pain know it very well Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know you kind of have to go through it to to see that you you know we still get we still get uh opportunities come across and people will haggle on price and you know this this box is a hundred dollars less than that box or something and and Mm -hmm. you know we, we try to educate um we try to help people kind of see the light, if you will, and and look at the total cost of ownership of these networks a little bit differently maybe than, than they are. And, um, but, you know, it's one of those lessons that you kind of have to learn. Um, Mm.
0: and I noticed on your product list that your small form factor, I forget the name of it, but it, 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 it was a small box and it just had a Celeron running in it. It used to be the case that that people would pay a lot of attention to the generation of the processor and everything else. And they might think that, oh, Acceleron's not powerful enough, but they are now, right? Uh, yeah, I mean,
1: yes, yeah, certainly certainly. Uh, years ago, it was very much, it was very spec-driven. And, mm-hmm. and it was very important to, you know, gigabytes of this and megabytes of that, Um like I like I was saying before, the technology is kind of caught up to the need of the industry, and there's only there's only so much you're doing. I mean, the compute power really is now doing on-site analytics and doing like real-time decisioning and stuff like that. That you know, that's that's kind of pushing thresholds, but it's just not as it's it's just not as important. Um,
0: it it's just not as
1: important factor because there's just mm-hmm. enough,
0: there's enough there. When you started it was PCs and PCs. That's what people use for digital signage. Uh, There was the odd sort of dedicated player type like the old digital view boxes and there was a few others out there. But then smart displays came along, bright sign kind of bubbled up and now you have two categories that you're competing with. How do you sell against those?
1: Yeah, so that's a great question. So our our belief um, is so we're rooted still kind of in that PC tradition, um, and we we do so because we're looking at the the, the life cycles of these deployments, and mm-hmm. we believe that that kind of platform has the required adaptability and scalability where some of these other um, architectures don't. Um, you know kind of simply I, I i look at it as you know um if if you're rooted in kind of this pc topology and architecture it's built to do a lot of things versus doing one thing very specifically if that makes mm. sense so mm. it has the ability to adapt um, not just to the initial customer needs but throughout the lifetime of the deployment um, and that's you know getting into some of the things we're going to be rolling out the first at the beginning of next year um really kind of rely on that adaptability that 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 topology um there's also some sec- big security issues and it's something that's not discussed uh, in the industry is is very much overlooked is when you get into um arm based products um and I try not to get too technical here but um like smart displays like smart displays, um, you know, when I say system on a chip and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, those that's a that's a that's a hardware stack, that's a chipset that is licensed and manufactured by any array any any chip house, no name chip house that you've never heard of, um, versus like say an Intel or an AMD. And mm-hmm. the major difference from a security perspective is that you need to maintain um, operating system. You need to maintain your operating system and have that be updated because a, a lot of your security, a lot of uh, a lot of your threat mitigation comes from having a stable and, and, and current operating system. Um, what happens is when you use these um, kind of unknown chip manufacturers to develop the SOCs and things like that, they don't maintain driver support for current uh, uh, operating system. Uh, updates. So current revisions of operating. So what you happens is you are unable to continually update your operating environment uh, because you don't have uh, strong driver support for those chipsets. So in our opinion, that creates um, significant security vulnerabilities. So it's, it's yet another reason why we maintain the kind of traditional Intel AMD chipset uh, topology.
0: Is it your opinion and perspective or are you hearing real world stories talking about that? I don't hear many people talking about it.
1: I think it's one of those things, like, like many things in the, in the security world, are just kind of unknowns um, and it's not something that, that comes up. So it's, it's a message we're certainly trying to get across.
0: But um, So the devil's advocate argument would be, well, if you're not hearing about it, maybe it's not really a thing. Hey, it, you know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe can't argue with that, but but not likely.
1: Yeah, I, I don't I don't think so. I mean, we're <laughs> we're we're a we're a very technical company. So when we all sit around at the lunch table, uh, this is these are the kind of conversations we have about you know right. you know vulnerable. So we're we're kind of on the pulse of it, um, maybe a little more than others, and paying attention to it a little more than others. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, I do think it's there, and so it's a combination of that. It's a combination of kind of being you know, there's inherent limitations, capability limitations when it comes to those types of chipsets as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're you're not able to just load any software on it. You're not able to go and connect peripheral devices to it. You know, there's just, it, it's not, it's it, it doesn't have that degree of adaptability. So it's kind of for all those reasons, we've stayed with the kind of technology stack, the topology that right. we have now.
0: My perception, and I'm definitely not uh, a hardware expert or, or a software expert is that these days, if you have a simple application like digital menu boards or FIDs displays, those sorts of things, uh, you probably don't need a PC for that. But if you're getting into anything kind of complicated and challenging, and as you say, it needs to evolve and have some malleability to it, you're, you're, you're probably gonna lean towards a PC is that a fair perception
1: yeah I, th- I think it's a fair perception I, I think it's consistent too with kind of where we position uh, where you know where media views position in the market you know there's there are so many kind of more simple use cases you know I just mm-hmm. I get a menu board and, and that's up and running um, but you know I'm gonna say that with a caveat um, but I'll get back to that in a second there are there's definitely the majority of digital signage is putting a, a, a picture on a screen. Right. Yeah. And then, and, and that's, that's about as simple as it gets. And we, you know, obviously can do that. I don't think our value is in that kind of, uh, of in, in that type of use case.
0: And you're probably not going to win on price. And we're certainly not going to win on price. No,
1: <laughs> okay, certainly. No, I mean, I no no problem with. It's just not our market. Um, you know, yeah. we're we're really focused on how can we be a technology partner for a, a large scale enterprise that wants to deploy signage and communications infrastructure as an asset for their organization. Um, and we, you know, we pair closely with them. We partner closely with them. We work with. You know, like I said, all of our software partners on the CMS side and everything, all our integration partners, to put together, uh, to put together kind of an, a technology uh, platform and an implementation program in order to deploy and manage that at scale. That's, you know, that that's our sweet spot. Um, but you know, going back to the QSR example, yeah, menu boards, I, I guess you could say, are simple, right? It, you're putting it up there; it doesn't really change much. It's just. Um, but then what happens when a menu board goes down, right? Cause that's your business. If you don't have a menu, how are you gonna sell? So, you know, where, where we bring value to say that application is doing things where you might have uh, content switching, you might have redundancy in those menu boards. So doing yeah. things with a bit more sophistication to make sure you're managing uptime and maintaining uptime. So, you know, th- there is, you can look at something and, and, and see it as simple, but at the same time to do it, well, at scale, there's always increasing layers of complexity.
0: Yeah. That's, that's an interesting point because I think of digital menu boards as being really simplistic applications, but they can't go down. Right. Yeah. So you, you, need, you need that failover and everything else. There's
1: that. And then it's also a really dirty environment um we you know we've done <laughs> we've done QSRs and 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 gotten devices back that are i mean you, you have to scrape the grease off scrape
0: off, off the, the the oil i
1: mean it's 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 bad so you know again there's always there's always kind of more complexity than than you see uh-huh. you know at, at first glance
0: is it fair to think that you probably tend to get more involved in projects than uh, other companies that are just basically selling boxes certainly yeah
1: no it's that's that's our that's our value proposition that's our model um you uh-huh. know we um you know our our sale is as much um our management tool set our support um you know ongoing support and service um a- as much as uh the the device if you will so um we're very hands on um, we're able, again, to, to be very flexible and adaptable to the customer's needs. And that's not just to get the project going. That's you know the, the long-term maintenance and management. And, you know of course, in conjunction with our integrator partners. So, yes. For over a decade, ScreenFeed has been the reliable choice for beautifully designed, licensed content such as news and weather. We handle over 27 million requests a day to deliver dynamic content to 200,000 screens across the globe. Now we bring you ScreenFeed Connect, a no-code solution that makes complex content projects easy. Projects that used to take our designers and developers weeks became a to-do we could complete before lunch. The easy-to-use browser-based tool leverages pre-built data connections and ready-made widgets to give you the power to design with data.
0: Create team member profiles, schedules, tenant directories, progress boards, featured products, or anything that leverages your data. Discover how Connect empowers you
1: to complete projects faster at ScreenFeed.com.
0: You have something called Active Network Manager. What is that and why is it needed? <laughs> uh, sure. So that is, uh,
1: that's the, the name of the, the management sack, our, our software that I've been uh, referencing. Um, and so that, that, uh, that was designed and built. We started working on that. Maybe not quite ten years ago, but but pretty close, um, and that was to solve the problem of scalability. Um, you know, the, like I had mentioned previously, the devices worked, the integration with the CMSs work, but it, the de- it was very difficult to deploy and manage at scale. So, where what that tool enables now? Um, so, if you partner with MediaView and purchase our product, what you're going to get is you're going to get an endpoint, you're going to get a media player, a device. That's going to have an operating system installed on it that we uh, design specifically for the content management software or other software that's being used um, and that is maintained. So part of our offering is not just the deployment of that, but we actually uh, have a quarterly uh, update scheme for our entire operating environment so we will we aggregate all the different updates and security patches and everything for the entire software stack and then we test and validate and then bundle everything so you don't get that kind of experience where you know your iphone updates and all of a sudden your app doesn't work um Uh you know so we eliminate that as a possibility and then obviously stay on top of security so you get that and then the kind of the the Software that brings all that together is Active Network Manager, and that enables it enables an installer to plug in the device, push the power button and then have the network uh, owner, you know, the, the, the person that is, is managing the network to see that come up to register CMS to go and set all of the whether it's network settings, we uh, that can take control of the display so we can make sure the display is on when it's supposed to be it's you know, all all of that comes through Active Network Manager, and that's the tool set that enables, it's really IT team focused. So it's whoever's kind of, you know. we don't do anything with content, we don't do anything with that, uh, never have, never will. Um, we're strictly focused on having a robust technology stack and a tool set that enables the IT team uh, to, to manage it effectively. So Active Network Manager is kind of the heart of all of that. Um, right. And, and, you know, facilitates a lot of the kind of, um, a, a lot of the c- customer, um, the interaction with the platform and, and, and the, the user experience that I've been describing.
0: So 10 years ago, when you started developing that, uh, a lot of the CMS companies had either no or pretty threadbare device management capabilities within their software. You had companies like Diversified, who had kick-ass device management way, way back then, but a lot of these guys have caught up now. So, are are these parallel things, or can they work together?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's certainly management, as we're describing it now, um, is is considered a necessity, right? So, so everybody has kind of got on uh, on the board. Yeah, I mean, it's there are certainly things baked into the CMS, some certain CMS um, uh-huh. offerings that have some device management. Um, there are some things that we can do, uh, for various CMSs, like I mentioned, registration and, and proof of play and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's certainly third party companies, good friends that, uh, you know, kind of just have a management platform for anything. Right? right. So, so management has become kind of ubiquitous. Um, I think what differentiates what we're doing is we're really looking at it as a total platform so it's it's the combination of hardware and software it's the things it's the depth of integration that we're able to do by virtue of kind of owning that entire ecosystem um so it it just enables more <laughs> you can do more um that that you know sparing you all the technical details it, it results in greater stability greater security uh, greater longevity of the network um so we, and that's something that's different as well we um, we look at a successful network being five plus years. So, if we install the devices, we don't want them to be touched for five years. Um, we, uh, you know, by virtue of being around for fifty, the current hardware is about ten years. It's obviously like iterations of that, and you know, it's not the same exact stuff. But, but the it's it we have stuff that's been deployed that is previous generation for you know ten plus right. years. So. So we look at a five year lifespan. I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think industry standard might be like two to three would be considered successful, you know, without any major intervention. Um, But we kind of look at it as about at least five years. We want to get the stuff out. We want to manage it. We want it to physically work. We want uh, to have the remote capabilities to make uh, necessary changes without having to deploy people. Um, And that's, you know, I'm kind of, Careful with my words because we're going to be releasing some stuff that even uh, greater enhances that um, remote capabilities in the, uh, in the coming months. So,
0: Do you have metrics around uh, fail rates? Like uh, people talk about 99.59s uh, yeah. and all that sort of thing. Right. Um, Well, it's
1: funny you bring that up because we had uh, had a we exchanged an email about potentially doing an article around that. Um, And yeah, so so what I uh, proposed and what I'm what we're looking at doing is we actually just did a full audit of every intervention last year um, that we had uh, on the support side. And I, I mean, I think I think those kind of numbers and statistics. It's almost cursory. It's just like, you know, fine. How many, how many dot nine, 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 nines can yeah. you put in? It's just, I don't think it really tells the story. Um, mm-hmm. and the story that I'm interested in telling and sharing certainly with the industry is it's, yeah, I mean the, the physical devices work, it's this the stuff works. Um, you know, software is fairly stable, but it's usually like the interaction of things. It's usually, um, uh, the I'm just kind of thinking through the the kind of statistics that we, we we pulled from last year, but for for as many actual hardware issues that there were, um, there were uh, many more issues with. Something happening within the operating system, a software bug coming up. It was an interaction between, you know, a third-party software that we've integrated onto the devices. It was a a, a, a failure in uh, in setup. It was an installation. Uh, you know, there's so many.
0: Yeah, or or stupid shit like the uh, janitor unplugging the thing.
1: Oh, for sure, for sure, that happens. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's real life.
0: Um, yeah. You know, it's
1: it's absolutely real life. I mean, we would. <laughs> it's that. It's it's someone um, going and stacking boxes on the device and having it burn up. You know, you know what I mean. Yeah. We yeah. we've seen it all. Um. So you know, I, I, I hope it doesn't come across that I'm trying to avoid answering your question. Uh, I'm no, just, no. um, it just the complexity of these things yeah. kind of it just tells a different story rather than you know. One out of a thousand fail every year, or even like MBTF, it's not even a really accurate way of yeah. analyzing things. So um you know I'm hoping that if we you know collaborate on that, we can kind of share some insights on what you know what is a company that's deployed these right. uh, you know hardware and software like this for well over a decade and has you know tens of thousands of devices that are currently managing. you know what does it actually look like in the real world um, and i'm I'm excited to be able to share that
0: so in january you're, you're you're going to do a brand refresh and and push kind of a a revised proposition out there uh, how, how's all that going to roll out well uh well
1: with your assistance of course <laughs> <laughs> um well so i i think what we want to do and very consistent with what you're saying our, our legacy is and, and when people think of our company I, I, they think hardware right um and what we're doing and what we the company we are today is just so so different um, and it's really that entire ecosystem platform that we're that we're that we've created and, and we deploy. It's the way we interact with our customers um, throughout the lifetime of the deployments and the support and everything that we offer. Um, how we're going to do it? Um, it's going to be uh, digital, right? So it's going to you know, the look and the feel of of the company um, online is going to be very different. Um, we're going to be making annou- announcements through all the, you know, uh, industry publications. Um, so we're, we we've got a hard date right now of January seventeenth. So we'll see we'll see if we make it. But um, you know, we're hoping to put out a kind of industry wide blast. And, and when people sit down at their computers, uh, you know, uh, on that day, uh, they, they they see something that they haven't before.
0: All right. Uh, if people want to know more, where do they find you online? Yeah, MediaView Systems uh dot .com um but for those who don't know it's vue. Ah uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, it is. I I mean, I think at this point you can probably type it anyway and you're going to find us.
0: Um, okay. so so we're yeah. Well, it'll give me something to do this weekend. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, Eric, thank you so much for taking time with me. Dave, pleasure. Thanks for having me on. That's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and maybe you learned a thing or two. If you're new to 69, it's a podcast that's been around since 2016. You can click around the archive and find hundreds of conversations with smart industry people. If you're new to digital signage, you need to be reading 16.9 at 16-9.net. You'll find more than 8,000 posts by me and expert guest writers about this industry. 16.9 is not a press release republishing mill, like a lot of the stuff out there. If something makes it on 16.9, that means it matters in some way to the business. Everything about 69 is free. Great sponsors make my work possible, and the key one here is ScreenFeed, the digital signage content store. Check out all the curated and automated content available at ScreenFeed.com. 69, the blog, and the podcast are now owned by Spectrio, which does customer engagement solutions, most of that digital signage, for all kinds of businesses. You'll find them in the Tampa area and online at Spectrio. That's Spectrio.com. You'll find me working out of a sunny back room in my house, located outside Halifax, Nova Scotia, on the east coast of Canada. Thanks for listening. I'm Dave Haines.